Thanks for listening to the Northridge Christian Church Podcast. At Northridge, we exist to help people take their next step to move closer to Christ. We believe that following Jesus is a journey, and we want to help you through that journey any way we can. If you have any questions about Northridge, you can contact us at info at northridgechristian.com. Welcome and Happy New Year! 2017 is here, whether you wanted it to be here or not. We are in the moment of it and moving forward. We're glad that you've made the choice this morning to be here, and I'm so glad you're starting your year with us as we just kind of begin our worship today um, and kind of get you fired up for some things. Um, if you came in through the door and if I saw our excellent guest services volunteers, you grabbed a worship program. In there, if you would please choose to fill out that communication card sometime in the next 15, 20 minutes, and we'll put that on our offerings that goes by in just a little bit. Kind of helps us communicate with you back and forth some. You know, we are talking about heading into 2017. You think about that whole idea of making decisions for your future. And, and really, we believe that there are choices that you will make today even that will help shape the direction for the rest of the year. And we've kind of been working through this series on choices throughout Christmas and thought it'd be appropriate today to talk about some pretty big choices that we need to make that we think are really going to help you grow in your relationship with Christ. And it all kind of goes back to this passage in Joshua chapter 24, where Joshua is kind of near the end of his time, and he shares this message with the Israelites, and he says this, but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you were living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. And Joshua's making this pretty bold statement of the fact that we all get to choose and that what we need to do is start choosing today. And the choice does lie with each of us, but Joshua says, what I'm making a declaration for is that for my household, for me, for my family, we are choosing to follow the pathway of God. And we're just trying to help you make those right decisions heading into this year. And there are really four choices we think that are real essential to you taking your next step to move closer to Christ. And what you're going to hear over this next 55 to 60 minutes that we have with each other are a bunch of songs, but you're also going to hear these four choices and kind of breaking things up in a little different way for you. So the, the first choice that we want to help you make is that you need to be part of a serving team, that this is such a key part to our spiritual growth. And really, it kind of brings into, into idea two big things. It brings the idea of maturity, and it also brings in the idea of growth. And when we talk about maturity, we're really talking about your development as a Christ follower, where you start to see the big picture of things. And when you choose to be part of a serving team, part of what you see is that it's not just about being a greeter at the door or being on the hospitality team or the safety team or working in children's ministry, but you start to see how it all fits into the growth of the church overall, that you're a piece of what God is doing. And that's, that's a key part of maturity and recognizing how all this flows together. But the growth piece of that is that you want to be a better person that you want to develop in your relationship. That's one of the reasons we make resolutions, right, as we start a year. We're setting some goals for ourselves of how we're going to be better people and more devoted Christ followers in all of this. I, you know, I like to think of it like athletics. My head goes to that a lot. But you think about athletes on a team, they want to be a better teammate. And that means that they want the team to be better, but they also want to be better. They also want to increase. You know, Paul talked about that in the book of Ephesians in chapter 4, verses 11 to 13. And Paul wrote this to the church. He said, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. Why? 
Well, to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And that tells me a couple of different things about what it means to serve and be part of a team. Number one is we work together. That we do this not as independent contractors, right? Not as freelancers, but we're doing this together as the growing body of Christ. And that by doing that, what happens is we fulfill all parts of God's plan. Because there are things that each of us are uniquely gifted to do that nobody else can do. That we come into this with our package of life experiences, the choices we've made, the experiences that we have as Christ followers, and that we now get to contribute that to the wholeness of God's plan. And that when we do that, we're going to be built up as we serve. You ever felt beat down before? A little tired, maybe a little weary? Well, when you serve, you actually get built up. Your energy increases, your focus increases. And we find that together, all of us now are focused in faith. That's the first choice to make, that decision to be part of a serving team. And we have multiple options for you to do that. If you're hearing that, you're thinking, yes, I, I want to be part of that. We, we love to, what we call on-ramps. We love to provide multiple on-ramps for you. In fact, if you leave today as you go out, you'll see these two screens at either end that you may have passed by a lot in the last couple of months. And on there are specific areas that you have an opportunity to serve in, that you can grab one of those and a ministry leader is going to contact you right away. Or you get a chance to, to drop us an email or you can go online to our website and find any number of things. You can grab a staff member. You can talk to somebody else that you know is serving. We've got something coming up here they're going to talk about starting next week. Uh, an opportunity for you to grow specifically in some areas that's going to give you that moment where you get a chance to serve. We believe so strongly that that helps you develop and it's obviously going to help the rest of the church. But I'm a pastor. You kind of expect me to say those things. So we thought it might be really valuable for you to hear from somebody who is part of a serving team and can share her experiences. So Rhonda, I'm going to let you come share a little bit. Good morning. Well, I have chosen to serve the Lord, and I am so, so humbly grateful that God has given me the gift of song, and I was allowed to be a, become a part of the praise and worship team. For God to you give me the gift of song to minister to his, to his children, I am so grateful. It's one of those experiences that I really can't articulate it is an indescribable experience and I'm certain many of you have been in situations like that as well but being a part of this praise and worship team I feel loved I feel accepted and I feel empowered to really move forward to grow closer and closer to God and to minister to each one of you through song my purpose is to teach the Word of God through the gift of song that God gave to me not that I've done anything so great but just because God loves me, he gave me the gift of song to minister to each and every last one of you, just teaching his word. Each day that I listen to the praise and worship songs, each opportunity that I get to get up here and sing, I do feel that I'm growing each and every day. I'm growing closer and closer to God. And as we transition into this new year, I'm excited because I know each day is a new day, and I know that God is making me new. All right. What was the first choice you're supposed to make? Can you tell me? Serve. Okay. What was the first choice you're most to make, supposed to make? Serve. Serve. You guys aren't convincing me that you've heard it yet. What choice is the first one that you're supposed to make? 
serve. All right. The second choice is to share Jesus with somebody. I want to read to you from a verse in Philippians 6. What's the second choice? Share Jesus. Okay. Uh, so, uh, so hopefully you all get this from Philemon 6. It says this. I pray that you will be active in sharing your faith so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. I want to read that to you again. I pray that you will be active in sharing your faith so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. Let me tell you what I believe, and I've seen this in my own life, that when you share Jesus Christ, you get a better understanding of who God is. You begin to understand how he works. I'll never forget, I was at Lake Aurora Christian Camp down in Lake Wells, Florida, and it was my first summer there, and I got to see a young man come to know Jesus Christ and got to be a part of that, okay? The young man's name was Fred. He was at camp for two important reasons, if you're a teenage young man, to have fun and girls, okay? That's why he was at camp. And on the very first night of camp, he was sneaking out of the dorm. And uh, he, he was headed out. Now, I knew he was going to do that. You know how I knew? Because he took and drank about six cups of water right before he went to bed. That was to wake him up about 2 o'clock so that he could go and meet a young lady. I just stayed awake and waited for him. And as he left the door, I followed him out and caught up with him about, about 50 feet away from the, the, the cabin. We went over to meet the young lady. Since she was coming out, she never showed up. I knew she wouldn't. But you know what? We started a relationship that night. And on the Saturday, that was Sunday night, on Saturday morning, I was able to, to be a part of his baptism into Jesus Christ. And I will tell you, that was the first time that happened for me. And I gained a much fuller understanding uh, of who Jesus was and the goodness that he had for our lives. Exactly what it says right there in Philemon 6. It says, I pray that you'll be active in sharing your faith so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. We get, we get scared when we talk about sharing our faith, when we talk about telling others about Jesus, don't we? Because we think it's something that you have to have a, a, a big theological degree, and it's not. It's just simply telling people how Christ has changed your life. That's all it is. If you go to John 4, in John 4, there's this lady, the Samaritan woman. She encounters Jesus, and this is what she does. She heads back to town, and she tells everybody about her encounter with Jesus. And then the whole town comes to the well where Jesus is to learn about him. Did she, did she have a Bible study? Did she have charts or anything like that? No, she simply said, this is what Jesus did. Let me explain it to you this way. In my hand, I have a banana, and in this hand, I have a hat. If I were to tell you, if I place this banana on my head and put this hat on, I can run a three-minute mile. Now, that's a pretty astounding thing to run a three-minute mile. That's running about 20 miles an hour. That's 43 seconds better than the world record. What are you going to say to me if I tell you that? Show me. And so, with the hat on and the banana under the hat, I go out and run a three-minute mile. Are you now a believer? Amen. Okay, I got an amen in the back. Thank you, Curtis. Okay, now, now it, it, that's all that this sharing Jesus is. It's when you decide that you're going to tell people how Christ has changed your life. 
Some of you in this room could tell people about how you've been delivered. Okay? How you've been delivered, maybe from an addiction, uh, maybe from, from uh, any number of things, but there's deliverance that you could talk about. I know some of you all could talk about your finances and how God has helped you because I've heard stories about the 90-day giving challenge. Uh, some could tell, could tell uh, stories about relationships that have been healed because of Jesus Christ in your life. It's that simple. If we're going to share Jesus... It's just telling how Christ has changed us. It's a lot like that banana under the hat. If it's true in our lives and people see it, they will believe. So don't just talk about it. Make sure you're living it. This is what I want you to do right now. Right now in your head, maybe you even want to write this down on a sheet of paper so you'll be reminded, is come up with one name of somebody this year you want to share Jesus with one name and what I want you to do with that one name is this I want you to begin to pray about that ask God to open a door and begin to prepare you that you can share how Christ has changed your life with them and pray that they will come to understand who he is so that what? You can have a fuller understanding of all the good things that God has for us. That's what we are about as a church. We're about sharing Jesus. And some of you are going to say, well, we're a big church. We don't need anybody else. But people need Jesus. And without him, they won't spend eternity with us in heaven with our, our, our king. So we want to do that. And right now we're going we're gonna to receive our offering. And can I tell you why we receive an offering? So that we can go and tell other people about Jesus. Uh, you know, we, we, we've been doing the, 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 the end of the year Christmas offering. I think we're up to about 235, 240,000. Uh, I don't know because there's been stuff coming in all week. But why are we doing that? So that people in Nepal can know about Jesus. So that we can, so that we can minister to people here in Milledgeville. And you all have been so very generous. But I know it's because hearts want to see people come to know Jesus. So know that, that every penny you give, we're going to try to use it to, 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 to share Jesus with people because that's who we are as a church. Let me pray and then we'll receive the offering. Father, we are so very thankful that you've given us something to talk about that's worthwhile. And Father, I pray that as we receive this offering, Father, we can talk about what you're doing with it to others. We can talk about how good Jesus has been to us that the people might hear and know that you are our king. So Father, right now in, in these next few minutes as we, as we give, Father, help us not only to give our money, but to give our hearts that you will be glorified and that more people will know. We pray this in Jesus' name. Okay, what's the first choice that you need to make? Sir, second choice is share Jesus. All right. Uh, the third choice is this, is to engage in worship. Can you say that? Engage in worship. Let me read to you about worship. This is from Psalm 105, the first four verses. I think it is a great description of what worship should be. It says, give praise to the Lord, proclaim his name, make known among the nations what he has done. Sing to him, sing praise to his name, tell of his wonderful acts, glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Look to the Lord and his strength, 
Seek his face always. Boy, that's a great description of what worship should be and can be. Can I tell you what worship is not? Worship is not a service on Sunday morning. Worship is not a song. Worship is our expression of love to our God. Worship is how we respond to the greatness of who God is. Worship is a lifestyle that should be happening 24-7. Listen to what it says in Romans 12 and verse 1. He says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. We offer our bodies, we live in them 24-7 every single day, and when we offer them to God, that is our worship. That means that we are telling of his greatness in all that we do. But you have to understand that worship is how we connect to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Worship is how you and I grow closer to God, closer to the the King of the universe. Worship is what you and I were created for. Listen to what it says in Isaiah 43. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. Do you realize that what it says there, that we were created to worship? And when we use our bodies for anything else, we're not using them as we're designed to be used. So it's about worship. It's about you and I worshiping and worshiping God. I have a toolbox at my house. Really, it's a tool bucket. And in my tool bucket, I have all these different tools. I have a tool that will cut plastic pipe. I have a tool that will cut metal pipe. I have lots of screwdrivers. I have six different screwdrivers in an assortment of sizes. I have wrenches. I have clamps. I have glue. I have all sorts of things. I'm bragging now, I got a lot of tools, okay? But you know why I have those? It's because when something breaks, I want to be ready. I, I, I want to be ready for when it, when it happens, because it's going to, and so I have all these tools. What we do on Sunday mornings is we're trying to equip every single person that comes for whatever might be thrown at you in this life. Think about that for just a second. Uh, we, we, we've come to, to, to equip you. And now we're going to give you a song. And, and, and in that song, tomorrow when, when life gets really heavy, you've got something to sing about. You've got a way to express that to, to God. Or, or maybe we're going to give you a, a little bit of a scripture that, that will stick in your heart. And, and tomorrow when Satan comes after you with the temptation, you're going to be able to pull that out and say, hold on. It might be that prayer that rattles around in your head. And when you need it, it's there. It might be that that time when you draw close with God or around the the communion table that it reminds you that you've got to get back there. You see, in worship, we want to give you tools that will help you. Tools that will help you. So tomorrow when you are faced with something hard, or tomorrow when you see the sunset and it's incredible, you have something to say to God because you understand that he made it. We want to equip you with worship because worship is how we live and how we honor God.
I'm going to give you seven real quick things, okay? Seven real quick things that will help you in this experience on Sunday morning to learn what we're doing, okay? And then be ready tomorrow when you need that worship to come out of you. The first thing is this. It's a pretty simple one. It's when you come on Sunday morning, come rested. Come rested. I, I used to work with college students at Florida State University, and on Sunday morning, you know, that was a problem because Saturday nights, but I will tell you what, if you, if you get to bed early, and I know this is, you know, New Year's Day, and some of you all were up late last night, I can tell you, if you come rested, you'll get a lot more out of it. Second thing is this, show up on time. Oh. Do you realize that we plan this service? We do plan these services, don't we, Clint? Okay. And from the beginning to the end, it's all about one thing. And when you show up three or four minutes late, or some of you come staggering in during communion, and you're going across people, you're interrupting their experience, but you're also missing out on some important things. And so I tell you, show up on time. We're going to start locking the doors. <laughs> I've thought about it. Third thing is come prepared. Each week, we try to give you what's going to be coming up in the sermon, what's coming up. It's just prepare yourself simply by reading and knowing what's going to happen. The next, uh, number four, is expect to meet God. You'll find what you're looking for when you show up here. If you come expecting to meet God, you come with a sense of expectancy, you'll find him. And part of that, that being prepared and coming with a sense of expectancy is not only to read God's word and come in prepared, but ask God, pray to him and say, Lord, I want to see you tomorrow. I just want to experience your greatness. So come prepared. The third one is sing the songs. Some of you sit out there. And some of you are going to tell me I don't sing. I don't sing either. Okay, if you sat up here, you know I don't sing. But I do go over the words of the songs. Why? Because I want them to get here and here so that tomorrow when I need them, they're there. And, and engaging in worship is this choice, that we engage in worship. That means our mouths move. Maybe our hands are raised. Maybe we get excited about it a little bit. But you know what? When we sing it, it gets here and here and we'll have it tomorrow when we need it. The, uh, the, the sixth thing is take notes. If something strikes you, not just the sermon, if something, uh, a phrase in a song, write it down so that you'll have it. You'll remember 50% more of what you take notes on. Did you know that? Number seven is stay till the end. We see that, you know, we, we see that every week, people that kind of sneak out. And we know that some of you all are, are, are sneaking out to serve, but can I tell you what, it, it's really hard for us as preachers as, as we're here, and, and, and we're up here, we're thinking, we see movement, we're thinking somebody's coming up, and then they turn and head out the back door. I want to smite them, okay? Can I tell you why we want you not to do that? It's because there are people that are thinking about their relationship with Jesus Christ. And when you walk across in front of them, it's a distraction. And just say they're, they're thinking they're going to come down the aisle and, and, and come forward, and they see somebody headed out the back. Can I tell you what? That may discourage them. Stay to the end. Boy, that, that, that is so important. Because like I said, we plan these things from beginning till end. Okay. 
engage in worship. This next song that we're going to sing is called God With Us. God With Us. Can you say that? God With Us. Okay, that's what we're going to sing next. And can I tell you why? This song is so very important to us. As you go through the words, God with us, God for us, nothing can stand against us. Nothing can come in between us. There's going to be a time this week that you're going to think that the world is against you. And what you got to remember is that God is with you. And when they're coming at you hard, you're going to say, God's with me and I can stand. God, God is with me and God is for me. He wants to see me succeed. And so we're going to stand up and we're going to sing. And I want you to engage in worship now and listen to the words of these songs and speak them and let them begin to flow out of you because I'm going to guarantee you something. You're going to need it this week. You're going to need to know that God is with you. You're going to need to know that God is for you because you're going to be beat down. We've already talked about that. And you're going to need to understand that He is with you that he's going to stand with you, that he's going to be there with you. Because I know, because you're here on Sunday morning on a day when a lot of people aren't showing up at church, because you've made this commitment, Satan's coming. And you're going to need to know that he's with you, that God is with you. You're going to need to know that he's for you. So let's stand up, let's sing, and let's honor him with our voices. So you've been given three choices. Right, encouraging you to make those. The first one was to serve. The second one was to Christ. The third was to engage in worship. Good, we are awake, it's excellent. Our fourth choice that we want to encourage you to make this year is to be in a life group. That there's some great value to the power of groups together, of people in community. In fact, it's kind of interesting that you would find that in a group of people that you can often, through other interactions, that you can start to see truth before you even hear truth. Are you tracking with what I'm saying? That you can sometimes, just through the life that you share with each other, start to share the truth of who Jesus Christ is without busting out the Bible because you're just talking about how God is working through you. That that becomes evident in a group of people who are sharing with these things with each other. And this is really one of our deepest needs. There's a book called Lost in America, and these guys, they talked about the three deepest needs that people have. Number one is to connect with the Creator, right? That that's within each of us that we want to connect with the Creator in some way. Secondly is that we want to have some deeper purpose in life, that there's a, a meaning we want to have to our lives and the things that we do and how we choose to do things. But the third one is that we have this deep need, this deep desire, to connect with others in a deeply satisfying relationship. That's just part of the DNA of how God has made us. Go all the way back to the book of Genesis, right? He makes Adam, and then what does he say? It is not good for man to be alone. We are not created to be alone. God instead desires us to be in community because that's how we start to see him. And the interesting thing is if you look at community from a biblical sense, you see a whole lot of unlike people that are around each other, right? We don't have to be complete clones of each other because you're in a group. Great diversity in a group is important. That's a biblical model with Jesus at the center of it all. Because that's really what's supposed to happen. Jesus is the center of these kind of hodgepodge groups of people getting together with vast life experience differences and giftings and all of these other things that we bring into this, and God blesses all of that. And through that community, through that group, God does several things. One of them is I, I think he helps us to grow, that we grow with other people around us who are challenging us, who are encouraging us, who, who are kind of pushing us to step outside of some boundaries, and then we can do the same thing for each other. Secondly, that they're there 
there for you in hard times. We've had hard times. Some of you have come out of a year of really hard times, and you're anticipating some more. Well, it's best for us to have community around us to help us through those things, and not just to endure, but to also help us to heal. And that we heal so much better when there are other like-minded and like-hearted people around us encouraging us to keep walking down this pathway. And that doesn't mean that we've got it all figured out. That doesn't mean that our groups are perfect because we're supposed to be grace-based groups, right? Grace-based community. That's who we are. And that means within this circle of people that you're doing life with that we have this grace even in the middle of ongoing failure. Even as we continue to fall and stumble, grace is what pours out of this group. But this has to be a choice because we don't fall into community. We have to pursue it. We have to choose it. We don't ever drift into closer relationships. This has to be a decision that we actively make. And we, we have a, one thing coming up this month that's going to help you if you're looking for that community, you're looking for that group of people to identify with, to grow with, to heal, to go through hard times. At the end of January, we have something called Group Link. We do this a couple of times a year, and it's where we provide a chance for those that are not currently in a life group, not currently in community, to find a place to come alongside some other people who are looking to do the same thing you are. Just find a place to grow. Find a place to be encouraged. Find a place to, to be cared for as we live this grace-filled life that God has given to us. So if you're not in that life group, then I encourage you to, to come out here in the lobby and sign up today and come to Group Link at the end of January, and you're just going to find a whole bunch of people who are trying to do the same thing you're doing, moving forward in this relationship with Christ. If you're already engaged in community, then this is what I encourage you to do this year. Just have a refocused dedication to the group of people that God's given to you in your life. And if that's a life group here or a group of people that you've had around you for a long period of time, friends that you've known since high school or college or for however long that may be, I encourage you just to reinvest in them and continue to have that same focus as you grow. Because the truth is, no one anywhere else should be able to out-community the local church. It just shouldn't happen. We should be the ones leading the way because we do this going with the love of God, the fuel of God that comes from his grace, his forgiveness for us every day. And the neat thing about what we do on a weekly basis as a church is that we get to celebrate part of community through communion. And through that, that gift of the Lord's Supper. You may remember the night Jesus sat down with his disciples during the Passover feast and he broke that bread and he poured the wine and he gave it to them. And he said, this represents my body and my blood that's poured out for you, that's given to you. In fact, in the early church, in fact, Acts chapter 2, verse 46, says that every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts. And that tells me that this is something they did regularly. There, there's a, a regularity to this idea of breaking bread together, of sharing in communion. It also tells me there's great value in a meal that you share with each other. Isn't there some fantastic community done around a table as we share food with each other? And that's part of communion as well, that while it may be quiet in here, we're doing this together. And that it will affect your mental and spiritual health the more you do this, right? They ate with glad and sincere hearts, that their lives were changed because of the interaction they had had with each other. It's, it's Timothy Keller. He's a pastor in New York and an author and blogger. And he says that the Lord's Supper builds community because it links together our corporate and our individual lives. 
That even though we share in this gift from God, the forgiveness that he's given to us through his son, as individual people, as individual sons and daughters in this room, it also brings us all together in one big community because we all need the same thing. We need Jesus Christ. That he is the answer for everything we're looking for. And that we can share in that with community, just like we're going to do right here today. So I'm going to encourage you to think about that individual gift from God, but think about the larger community that we're part of this morning as we share in communion. Let me pray for that now. Father, I thank you for the gift of communion, the meal that that represents that we get to take together to remind us of our desperate need for you and the gift of your son. And I pray for our eyes to be opened to see the community of people around us in this room. And that even though we may feel we are isolated and struggling by ourselves, you have said we are here together, moving forward in this grace-filled life after you. We pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen.
you know what's important around here. Let me tell you what it is. It's to find a place to serve. It's to engage in worship. It's to share Jesus. And, and, and then to find a life group. Now, th during this next month, we're going to be preaching a series called Growth Track. And it's really to, to move you in those directions, okay? And then in February, we're going to give you a chance to, to get in the Growth Track if you want to. So, so that's what's coming. You're going to notice a, a, a huge change. And, and the way we do things in our schedule. Uh, one of the things that's gonna happen is Wednesday nights, we're not gonna do Wednesday nights anymore. Why, you say? Because you get a lot of teaching on Sunday morning. And then we want you to be able to have time to share and be in a life group and time to serve. So, so we're really gonna try to limit the options so that you do what? You serve him, you, you find a place to serve, you, you get in a life group, you have time to share with your neighbors about Jesus and then, then you engage in worship every single day. So, so that's what's going on. And somebody had asked me, when's Wednesday night start back? We're, we're limiting the options. Why? So that you'll serve, so that you'll worship, so that you'll share Christ, and so that you'll get in a life group. And so that, that's kind of where we're headed. And as we move into these next few weeks, you're going to hear a lot more about it. I think you're going to be excited by what God's going to do in this next year because we believe uh, that this next year is going to be the best year. Uh, we're going to see growth like we haven't seen before. So uh, this is uh, today. Uh, we'll be over in First Step Room. We'll be down front. If you're new here, head to First Step Room and learn about us. And when you leave here, you've got a name of somebody you want to share Christ with. Take it and do something about it, okay? And if you're not in a life group, sign up for a life group right out there on the table. You guys have a great day. Thanks for listening to this message. If you'd like to find out more about Northridge, visit our website at northridgechristian.com. If you'd like to stay connected throughout the week, download our ChurchLink app today for your iOS or Android device.